Welcome to the Thursday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Cole. I am joined, as always, on Thursdays by Lee Sharp. Lee, we have our third, well, actually, no, I was going to say our third weeknight game, but in reality, it's our fourth because we had that special doubleheader uh, on, on Monday Night Football. So game number four of the week, all we need is to get, we already had Wednesday afternoon. We, we, we get Friday in, we get Saturday in, we can really dominate the entire week. Now, I have to ask, I can't decide whether or not I'm excited for this game or not this week because the Patriots, while they've been playing well, Recently, um, I guess I don't necessarily believe in them that much, but they're only a five-point underdog to the Rams, who everyone seems to love this week. So what do you think about this this game we have for Thursday Night Football? Yeah, uh, I think the, the market's pretty smart here. I, personally, I'm looking forward to the game. I think it'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm not opposed to lower scoring games than, than some are. Um, the you know the look ahead line uh, for this was uh, minus six and a half for the Rams and it opened there and shot shot to five uh, you know uh, both teams played pretty well yesterday but I think pr- pretty clearly people were more impressed with the with the Patriots going forty five zero against the Chargers than uh, the Rams performance uh, against the Cardinals um, you know uh, it's interesting the matchup you know with the uh the rams are obviously have this incredibly strong defense and the patriots are very split with you know they have a really strong running game and their passing game uh just isn't great um and you know when i think about how that's gonna play out i think there's definitely more scenarios where this favors the rams where you know the patriots have trouble getting things going on offense and the the you know the rams are able to get ahead to a lead and i think it's a lot harder for the 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 patriots to come back in that kind of situation because you know the running game isn't really what you're wanting to be doing when you're behind and so from that perspective i do i do think i i like you know, I like the Rams a bit more, but I honestly, this is a pretty good market number, and I, I don't really love taking either side in this game. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the overall numbers. It looks like offensively, from a success rate standpoint, the Rams are really high, um, and, and success rate defined as having positive EPA on a play. It's fourth in the NFL. Now, if you look at just EPA per play, though, it drops down to... Uh, let me see. It's all the way down here at 17th. And my assumption, although I could be wrong on this, is it has something to do with the 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 mix of of pass run split. So they're getting a lot of positive EPA plays, incrementally e- uh, positive EPA plays on the ground. But when you just on a per play basis, you're going to be better throwing the ball than you are. Uh, running the ball, even if you're not hitting at that sort of high success rate. So uh, it also could be that they're not they're not they don't have that big play potential, probably with Woods, Cup, and and uh, Van Jefferson now taking a lot of snaps from uh, from Josh Reynolds. So they don't necessarily have the the field stretcher type of guys there on offense. I mean, what do you think about? I'm more interested in the Patriots' offense, honestly, because we had a rare feat, forty five nothing victory with a whopping 69 very nice passing yards from uh cam newton is, is that some sort of record is that like even going back <laughs> I, to like the 1930s a team could outscore another team a 45 point differential with a starting quarterback under 70 passing yards uh that 
that has to be a record for <laughs> for points to passing yards, right? Yeah, like it's it's right. just incredible. I mean, there were special uh, teams points right in there. There were a couple of special teams touchdowns, but still, even even if you net those out, it's still pretty strong. Yeah, uh, I was definitely on the Patriots in that game, but I was not expecting that. Uh, that was that was pretty unusual, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see you know what happens. I do think you know when I talked about the game script before, where it's it's not as good for the Patriots if they get behind. That game was the reverse situation, right? The Patriots run extremely well, and so if they can get ahead to an early lead, they'll do a good job of maintaining it because they can run so well, and that's where their offensive strength is. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering about this Patriots defense, too, because like I said, we mentioned we had the special teams. They've they've kind of been all over the place. I mean, they looked bad against the Seahawks earlier this year. Um, they didn't look so hot in the middle of the season against Buffalo, against San Francisco. And then now they had a great game last week against Herbert and the Chargers offense, who's been you know, who, who, who've been looking pretty strong. So it's, it's kind of tough for me to get a read on what on who they are and what, what they're going to be able to do defensively, whereas the Rams' defense has been pretty good all year long. I mean, they have, they face some difficult competition playing in, in the division that they have, um, but they've had some pretty stellar performances if you look at some of the games they had against Miami and others. So what do you think about these games on the, these teams on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the Rams are are really good. Uh, the you know, obviously Aaron Donald's amazing, and I think that their their new defensive uh, coordinator has done a really good job of of setting that unit up for success. I think more than most people would have guessed. I Rams were certainly not a team that I would have put as a uh, one of the stronger teams coming into the the season, but they're they've definitely shown that they're quite strong. Um, the Patriots defense, Bill Belichick gets does his best to get what he can out of a group that's not that great <laughs> is kind of how i see that defense uh you know obviously they suffered from a lot of uh, uh covet opt-outs right uh and uh you know i just i don't i don't think it's a, just a, a great unit and i think that they're you know they're coached well and they're doing what they can and uh but you know it's not like they're terrible i would describe them probably as below average but it's not a unit i'm impressed with yeah yeah this would be interesting implications for this game for the playoffs i mean the patriots are six and six now but that afc is really tough so this you know with an expanded playoff format you would think a team that got to nine and seven would have a pretty good chance of getting in. But this year it's tough when you have teams like the Baltimore Ravens who are 7-5 and five, who are kind of on that bubble. You have the Colts and the Titans who are in the mix there. You have the Raiders at 7-5. and five. You just got a lot of potential teams that go in there. So New England could be on the outside looking in, even if they get to 9-7. and seven. So they may have to win out in order to, to make the playoffs. And then the other side, the Rams, 8-4. and four. They're tied with the Seahawks at 8-4. and four. They have the tiebreaker right now. Uh, over the Seahawks, having beaten them once this year. They will face them again, and the Rams scheduled to end the season here. We have this game at home where they're, like I said, they're five-point favorite against the Patriots. They have the Jets next week, who the Seahawks are facing this week. So I think we can pencil 
can we pen? Can we put those in pen as, as W's <laughs> or can, uh, maybe a thick, a thick bold pencil W's for both of those there. And then the final two weeks of the season, we have a couple of divisional games. You have they face the Seahawks, so they have that Seahawks matchup, and then they go against the Cardinals, who have looked not so great recently, especially on 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 offense down the stretch. So I think this is a pretty big game for for the Rams because they win here. You assume they win next week. Then they're really in the driver's seat because the Seahawks not only have to win that game next week, but then depending upon what happens um, with the divisional tiebreaker, which I believe is tied right now, uh, that might not even be enough to unseat the Rams. So they can really take the driver's seat and then winning that division. Although some people seem to think it might be a bad thing to win that division because then you cannot face the the NFC East winner. What what's your take on that? Because I think that's an interesting situation where I, I'm not sure if it's Galaxy Brain or not. Like I get it, you want to play the the NFC East winner, but at the same time, y- you could lose the division and also not play the NFC East winner, depending upon how the how the records end up, yeah, and that would be the it- worst situation. It's it's really interesting, and and you know, and also you know, if you if you come in as the five seed, uh, you know, let's say you get to to play the Giants. Well, one if you're Seattle, Seattle's already lost to the Giants, and right, that doesn't right. mean they're going to win again. But like you know, that's the same thing's going to happen again. But the point is, you know, it's possible. It's not it's not a buy, right? And uh, the when you have that, you you also create the risk of being more likely to play, you know, New Orleans, if we assume New Orleans is the most likely team to get the number one seed, you know, the wildcard teams are always going to be more likely to do that because you assume the, the division winners, perhaps outside of the NFCs, tend to be better teams. So, and more likely to win their games. So that's the risk coming into to number five. I, I This is a year where home field advantage doesn't matter as much. So that, that part about it, I think, is a, the, the galaxy brain part to me of the, of the, oh, like this is the year perhaps, right? But <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still rather think that I'd, I'd prefer to try to get like sort of in general the 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 best of, I, I think i'd just try to win and try to get your division and, and try to you know beat beat who you're going to beat i don't think that the if you had a real strong advantage in this but i think that's also just very hard to to manipulate right and it's not like the rams and the seahawks are playing in week 17 where i think that decision is most interesting more interesting mm-hmm. um yeah 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 so yeah it's, it's an interesting thing that's been floated out there um but we'll we'll see what the actual implications end up end up being there. Okay, looking a bit further into the individual player side here, I'm going to take a look at our friends. Uh, they offer over at PricePicks.com, where you can get a hundred dollar up to a hundred dollar matching bonus on any deposit there with promo code PFF, and they have the fantasy point over unders for this Thursday night matchup. So we have Cam Newton. It's interesting here that he's 17.5 is this projection, whereas Goff is at 18.7. So Cam is actually below Jared Goff, which mm, not so sure about that one. I think it de- Newton has not been getting the rushing touchdowns recently, but he's still been used rushing a lot. It's not that he's not rushing the ball. It's just, it's just that he hasn't gotten those goal line opportunities where he was getting... He was getting too many goal line opportunities, honestly, those first those first few weeks. So it wasn't wasn't going to maintain. But that seems weird to me that that Newton is going to be a little bit below Goff, unless they're just assuming that Goff and this Raiders offense is going to be able to take it to the Patriots pass defense. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that this is, you know, uh, presumably reflection of this of the spread, right? And they just assume that yeah. the game script's going to be favorable for the Rams. That's that's really the only way that I I, I see that because I agree with you, like just the way that it's set up, right? You know, uh, Ram- Cam Newton being a runner both on the touchdowns front, but even the yardage front, you'd expect kind of him to get more just because of how those yardage different yardages are scored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have one. I mean, this is the. It's the most friendly to a rushing quarterback as it could be as far as the scoring is concerned here because it's not, you know, it's one point for every 25 yards passing. So sometimes you see that as 20, but it's 25. Um, and it's four points per passing touchdown. So this is not six point passing touchdown here like you get uh, for rushing touchdowns. So again, that that should skew a little bit towards towards Cam Newton. So I think he's, he's interesting here. Uh, another interesting question is how the... Rams backfield is going to play out because Cam Akers had had some injury concerns. He was, of course, their second round pick who came in. But guys like Daryl Henderson were playing were playing most of the snaps. Now, he has been elevated to the at least the the assumed starter here. Uh, Eleven fancy points is projection, which isn't which isn't that high, honestly, in comparison to the different running backs and others. So I think he's an interesting name here. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts Lee about the wide receivers because Robert Woods is at 16 and Cooper Cup is at 15 and a half where Cup has been seen as being the number one guy there for the entire season you have any any ideas about how that may split out yeah when I looked at that that was really surprising to me certainly the uh PFF fantasy projections have that flipped with uh Cup as higher than Woods uh so that that is surprising to see so you know I think there could be a little bit value on the on the Woods under there especially as you know I mean we don't know exactly how they're gonna align but I would assume that uh Stefan Gilmore would be on Woods more snaps than he would be on Cup and so you know and he's obviously not someone you would prefer to throw the ball toward so uh, that, that that makes sense to me that woods would probably be uh an under at 16 16 is an awful lot of points yeah it'd be interesting to see how belichick uh deploys gilmore in this one where you don't have a obvious flashing bright lights this is the number one wide receiver this is the guy that we want to, to put to put you on so that'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe maybe that only maybe they just uh, use them and and move them around a bit more than you would have traditionally seen them do in this offense. Uh, lastly, we're gonna go to look at the showdown content. So Thursday night is the biggest night normally for showdown. I think it's a two point two five million dollar contest is the biggest contest here for draft for DraftKings this week. Um, 1 million to first place. So this is a substantial one. Now, this is also where you're going to have 176,000 entries in this thing. So you you got to differentiate in order to have a chance to win here. So some names that I'm looking at in this matchup who could be interesting. Um, I don't know. Cam Newton has really dominated the captain ownership, but I think he's going to be a little bit depressed here compared to what you normally see. One match, one trade-off I think is interesting is the Josh Reynolds versus Van Jefferson because Van Jefferson is priced at less than half of what uh, Josh Reynolds is, yet he's been moving up to take more and more of those wide receivers, three snaps. Um, So there's kind of two different ways you can play this. You could say you like Jefferson better because of the fact that he's the best bang for your buck, but at the same point in time when I'm talking about 
needing game theory and needing to differentiate, you could go a little bit heavier on Reynolds, just assuming the crowd is going to be against him. So I think that that's an interesting play there. Uh, a couple other things that I think are interesting are uh, the Rams and Patriots defense. I think look pretty pretty good. Both of them. These are two teams who on the other side of the ball can turn the ball over and can also throw pick sixes. So that's something that could, that can end up coming through here. And lastly, just scrolling through here, Tyler Higby hits pretty decently on here. Again, he's another guy where they just don't have anyone outside of cup and woods who are really reliable to get that, that, that scoring. So if you can decide to throw some, some darts at these guys, you can end up being successful, successful there. Um, do you have any thoughts, Lee, about these particular defenses in this matchup and how they could be from a fantasy option? Uh, I mean, obviously, I, th- I think the Rams defense is probably better equipped than the the you know Patriots defense. They're a much stronger defense. Uh, the the you know it, again, it's the ga- kind of the game script theory. It depends how this game shakes out. But I think there's more scenarios where you know, especially as we consider the Rams the favorite, the Rams got ahead first and. Uh, you know, the passing game is is not the strength of the Patriots offense. And uh, but you're often just forced to, to, to pass when you're behind just because that's the only way you're you can get ahead. And, and that that could be a boon for the for the Rams defense. So, I, I, I mean, I think I'd be more likely to do that. Now, obviously, the Rams defense is going to be more expensive in a contest like this. So, you know, it may not be the value play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're slightly more expensive, but I think the ownership, at least I'm projecting it to be quite a bit higher. So that's where the value is lessened there. So you can find all of my projections for ownership and for uh, how often these different options, these different players will be in the optimal lineup as part of the write-up that I put together for every single Island game. So that should be out uh, on Thursday at pff.com. Uh, but that wraps it up for us on Thursday. That we appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, this is a PFF daily betting podcast, so we will come at you every single day with actionable betting advice for uh, not only for sides, for totals, but also for the DFS market. Appreciate everyone tuning in.